All right. Well, hello, hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? This is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says podcast episode number 384. Hello, hello. How many of you that are listening to me? And I can I know there's lots of countries listening. I want how many of you have self-quarantined because of the coronavirus? How many of you have run to the stores and made really panicky, dumb decisions? And I'm not trying to make fun of anybody because, uh, you know, I, and where I am, there, there are uh, people that have the coronavirus as well. I'm on the east coast of the United States. There's some people that have it, not a lot, but enough where, you know, uh, down in Philadelphia, you know, they're doing some things. New Jersey, they're doing some things and, you know, uh, shutting down schools and all that kind of crap. I get it. I get it. It makes sense. Social distancing makes sense. I get it. But I put a video on my Instagram and uh, my Facebook and whatnot. I put a little short video of what the shelves looked like in the supermarket. That Well, actually, this supermarket wasn't close to me. It was another supermarket. I was on the way to someplace else, and I figured I'd grab a couple things on, you know, on the way to where I was going and then put them in the trunk and then bring them back to the house. But when I looked at this, I noticed that there were a lot of shelves empty, right? And there were a lot of people buying toilet paper. You know, and I'm sitting there, you overhear the people and you realize it's a husband, a wife, two kids. So basically four asses in the house, four asses in the house. It's a four ass house. And they're buying 715,000 tons of toilet paper, which makes me wonder. How clean do you want your ass to be or how dirty is your ass or your asses now? Hmm? right and buying things that were stupid lunch meats how long do you think lunch meat lasts if you have to stay in the house for two three four weeks huh huh because i know what it's like to have no money and be broke and have to make things stretch there was a time in my 20s when i was across the country i was restarting my comedy career in los angeles which means no one knew who the hell i was out there which means i had no clout no juice no nothing no friends nothing just me and my buddy went out there we were broke as heck and so what you do is you go to the bulk stores you buy things in bulk that are going to last a long time so in the case of that since i was away from my actual comedy juice on the east coast and i was on the west coast at the time no one knew me. So there would be times where I had to get a regular gig temporarily because uh, the gigs at the time were few and far between. Right. So you had to buy food that had to stretch. Right. There'll be times when you did not. You were out of work and you still had to be able to, you know, you were like, look, I got I got, I got made sure I had enough money for rent. But what about food? You know, I make sure the rent and utilities taken care of. But what about food? You got to have food. So what you do is you buy the things that make sense, things that are going to last. You buy potatoes, you buy rice, you buy meat, you buy fruit juices, you buy bread, you buy peanut butter and jelly, you buy spam, you buy soups, things that can stretch, things that can stay put for a while without going bad. You buy some apples, right? You do things like that. You freeze them. You know, you know all the tricks if you've been broke, right? But that's not the things that people are buying. They're buying toilet paper, Right. I went into the store and there was no toilet paper and there was no water. You paid money for water. Really? Bottled water. Really? Huh? Is the coronavirus write a letter to the president saying that the coronavirus said, 
This is the coronavirus. If you don't meet our demands, we're going to blow up all the water towers and we're going to blow up all the water. We're going to block you from having water. It's not enough to damage your, to damage your cells. No, that's not enough for us. Damn it. We're going to take all the water from you. <laughs> no, because the coronavirus can't talk from what I understand. <laughs> Moving on. You know what I'm saying? So why are you buying all that water? Is your water cut off? I don't think it is. So that's not a good purchase. You're buying water and lunch meat and toilet paper. Yay, good thinking. Right? And it's because everybody's panicking. Right? If you just wash your hands, social distance, you should be all right. Right? But everybody's making panicky decisions. And really, if you think about it, go through all of the times in your life where you absolutely panicked. How many times have you made smart decisions when you panicked? I can't think of any. I was hanging out one time. I was uh, parked someplace. And I was looking at a guy and he was looking at me. And I kind of recognize him and he kind of recognized me but neither one of us wanted to make the first move to walk over to the guy because you don't want to feel like an idiot trying to start a conversation with someone you think you know right but a series of things happened right and we wound up parked right next to each other and i don't remember who said something first it was probably him and we started then yeah, i know you from my kind of well maybe you're kind of i don't know if we know maybe you're i'm not sure maybe kind of are you did you ever go to this school yeah in this time period yeah did you have a teacher name yeah wait a minute and he said my name and then i said his name and then we remembered that we were good friends in grade school sat next to each other in grade school kept each other from getting their butts whooped by bullies in grade school we weren't the best of friends, but we were cool, hung out all the time, played baseball together, basketball together. Yeah, man. I was the quarterback. He was the wide receiver, not in the organized team, but in street football. Right. So we knew each other. Right. We started rattling off names of each other's relatives and brothers and sisters and this and that. No. Hey! Right. We high five. We hugged, man. This is before the coronavirus. This is a while ago. Yeah. Right. And one of the things, you know, back in the day, you know, and, and even every group of friends has a ritual when they meet each other. Some people bro hug. You know, some people have complicated handshakes. Some people playfully insult each other upon meeting. And that's me and all my friends, by the way, because I have individual groups of friends where I do all of that crap with. But this particular guy and I, you know, we both like martial arts we weren't martial artists i don't you know uh, and i'm not a martial artist and he wasn't a martial artist but every kid who saw a bruce lee movie temporarily thought he was a martial artist and every kid who got to see muhammad ali on abc's wild world of sports thought he could fight <laughs> idiots right so what we would do is we would we would walk up to each other and kind of stalk each other like we were mad at each other and then we would pretend to beat each other up you know look like a wwe fight if you didn't know what was going on so, we, so these are two grown men pretending to beat each other up in a playful way, laughing hysterically, right? But 
If you're far away, if you're far away, if you're far away, you don't know that these two guys are just joking around. You don't know these two guys are just joking around. You don't know that. So this guy had a relative that saw these two men fighting and then he realized one of the men was his relative and he realized another guy of the same size was apparently attacking him. This is the part of the of the ritual while I was pretending to hit him in the stomach and he was acting like he was getting hit. Then. It would be my turn where he would pretend to hit me in the stomach and I would act like I was getting hit. And then we would, I'd pretend to punch him. Then he'd pretend to, pretend to punch me. Then we'd high five, laugh, hug. And that would be the end of, I don't know why we did that as kids. And I damn sure don't know why two 40 year old men, I was 40 at the time, tells you how long ago it was, would do that. But his friend comes running over, right? Uh, you know, and I've been in the situation where I saw a friend of mine who looked like he was fighting or about to get into a fight. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I ran up, whoa, 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 whoa. And I stood between him, whoa, 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 whoa. And one time he was actually about to get into a fight. And one other time, it was something similar to this. Where the guys, were, they were just joking around horseplay. So when I got between them, whoa, 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 I got in between them. And they were like, no, no, man, it's, it's cool, ass, it's cool, ass, it's my boy. And then we introduced him and I had a new friend. Well, this guy panicked and he runs towards me and I look to my right and this guy has his fist up and he's swinging at me. And just as the my old friend was about to say, whoa, 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 this is my boy. I didn't know that part. I just saw a big guy coming at me with his fist and I side kicked him in the stomach. <laughs> right. So as my foot is caving in this guy's stomach, I got him right above the junk and below the navel. Like, boom. As hard as I could. And he goes flying back and rolls on. He rolls a little bit. And my friend looks at me. He goes, oh, that's mine. And I forgot what his what his, what uh, relative he was. Cousin, nephew, brother. I don't remember what the hell it was. But it was a relative. And I just sidekicked his ass three cars uh, three cars away from us. Bow. So he's on the ground. He goes, dude, oh, my, that's my my relative. Uh, floop-de-floop said his name. And I go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know, I didn't mean to kick the crap out of his relative. So he's over there holding his stomach. And little vomit came out of his mouth. It's a good shot to the stomach. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. He's like, no problem, man. Oh, oh God, no problem. I just, I thought you were fighting. Uh, I thought you were fighting. Uh, hold on. Oh, God. Uh, I said, you need to go to the hospital? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. I said, ah, God, dude, man. That's gross, bro. Uh, oof. Sorry, man. So we helped him up and he's still kind of bent over like, hey, hold on. Vomits a little more. And I'm like, ah, oh, D, I'm sorry. So I said, oh, I'm sorry, man. Right? Like I said, I've seen that situation. And what I did was I kind of got between the people because you never know what's going to happen. He panicked. I didn't panic at the, the handful of times I was in that, well, more than a handful of times I was in that situation. I kind of got in to assess the situation because sometimes if you come in and clock the dude, if they haven't begun fighting, You've now escalated, and now it's two dudes against this dude. Now this dude goes into his waist and pulls a gun out or a knife or some crap, and it would have made it been just two dudes whipping each other's behinds, right? And it turned into something else. You can't make good decisions when you panic. You wind up getting sidekicked in the stomach, or you wind up buying toilet paper, lunch meat, and stupid crap when you go to the store because of the coronavirus. You panic and make dumb decisions. Now, I'm not saying that I'm above panicking. I've panicked before. I'll tell you the truth. I've panicked before. It was a girl that I was really, really in love with, a beautiful young lady. I was young at the time. So was she. We're roughly the same age. Gorgeous woman. 
right? And that was in my low self-esteem days. You probably figured out that that's not the case now, right? And she was trying to control the relationship. And she said to me, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to just start seeing this guy who's been asking me out. And she said that. And I was like, well, because I was a punk at that time. And I panicked and I let her get away with it. And I spent another year in a relationship with someone I should have dropped like a hot brick on a cold Tuesday because current me would not panic in that situation. Current me is 51 years old. You were relationship number seven at the time, honey. You were halfway in the relationship, the dating relationship type thing there, Jack. Oh, I dare somebody to say that crap to the current incarnation of me. Listen, S. Anthony. I'm going to throw you this ultimatum. Either you do what I want, which is counterproductive and against everything you stand for and would make you feel like crap and make me have the upper hand in a relationship instead of being in a productive, healthy relationship. I'll have the upper hand and be able to mute, manipulate to do you to do crap that you don't want to do and ruin your life. Or I'm going to go and get it on with someone else teenage early 20s me <laughs> panicking like a punk I can't lose her <laughs> that was me then oh that's not me now let's Anthony either you do what I say and I'm gonna leave you and this is current me yeah um the door's not locked take your ass on the other side of it you got your car keys right it was nice knowing you get out by the way, I know where you live. I'll mail everything you accidentally left at my house so you can, you know, mark your territory. Didn't mind it because it was your territory. I was, you know, you were the woman I was getting it on with at the time. And I enjoyed you know, slicing your cake and I enjoyed you taking me to Pound City and banging me down. I enjoyed you blasting me real good. And I enjoyed blasting you. I enjoyed tearing you up and I enjoyed you tearing me up. But if you think I'm going to fall subject to an ultimatum if you think i'm gonna panic at the thought of losing you oh no like i said the door is open and you can take your beautiful still looking delicious but i'll never taste it again buttocks out because i panicked and stayed with that other lady it was a bad decision you can't make good decisions when you're panicking. You got to step back and make good decisions, right? You don't want to be in a relationship where there's, you know, panic in the streets. You don't want to be that person. You want to be somebody that can make good, solid decisions. So just remember that, my friends. Sometimes it's okay to panic. If there's a dog coming at you and he's got his right and the dog stops half the way running towards you, pulls a piece of paper out of his out of his fur, flips it open, and it's a picture of you, and he looks at the, the you, he looks at the picture, he looks at you, then he looks at the picture, he pulls another thing out of his fur, it's a phone. Yeah, that's him. Is that the one you want me to bite, buddy? Yeah, that's the one I want you to bite. If you bite him, I'll give you a whole case of dog food for free. 
bite his ass. And you see that and you go, hey, that dog was paid in dog food to bite my ass. I need to panic and run. It's okay to run in that in that situation. Right? If you see a bunch of dudes running at you with baseball bats and they're putting at you saying your specific name and saying, hey, that's Frank Johnson. Let's beat the shit out of him. And you're Frank Johnson and you don't want the shit beat out of you. You know what? You can panic in that situation and run as fast as you can. Panic is good in that situation. It's the adrenaline. That adrenaline may make you be able to run fast enough to keep those guys from cracking your head open with those bats, right? But under normal circumstances, my friends, panic is a bad thing. You don't want to panic. So please, my friends, don't make decisions based on panic. You dig? Cool. Well, folks, this has been the the 384th episode of Yes, Anthony Says Podcast. I will see you again next week, my friend. And I'm going to say goodbye to you bastards the way I always say goodbye to you bastards. And we're going to do it on the count of three. Those of you that have been listening to me for the whole time, you know how we do this. Those of you that are listening to me for the first time, you're about to find out how we do this. I'm going to do this. And what I want you to do for me, other other than the obvious things I'd like you to do for me, if you like this podcast, and if you're hearing me talk, you've been listening to me for about 17 minutes, which means your punk ass does like me. So you you need to go and review this podcast five stars or I'll drop kick your punk ass across the street and tell all your friends, tell your friends, tell your friends to listen to and subscribe. Oh, yeah. And tell them to review, too, or I'll beat their punk asses. I should probably not threaten to beat my audience up. (laughs) What I meant to say was I'd really appreciate it. (laughs) Get it done, punks. (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm going to say goodbye the way I always say goodbye. For the new people, listen to how we say goodbye. Rewind the podcast. Play it over again and do it with us. Because everybody else is saying it with me because they know what I'm going to say. And we're going to do it on the count of three. Oh, you're ready? Of course you are. One. Two, three, S. Anthony out. Go. S. S. Anthony Thomas. 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 giggle we're gonna get wild go ahead and clap go ahead and cheer we're gonna have a good time